Hey, and welcome to another episode with Alicia Shanice, and you are tuning in to Alicia Shanice Reviews Podcast, and tonight we will be doing a TV show recap. We will be recapping Cruel Summer. This was episode five. It does come on on Freeform every Tuesday night, and the next day it airs on Hulu. So if you are just now tuning in to watching it, you're only missing five episodes and you can catch all of them up on Hulu. It's starring Jeanette Turner and Kate Wallace. Um, One of the producers on the show is Jessica Biel, um, formerly known as uh, Mary. She played on Seventh Heaven for most of the whole run of all the years. And also she's um, Justin Timberlake's wife. It's a really good show. So, yeah, we're going to do a recap and talk about a trending topic that's going on right now. And let's get the show started. Welcome, everybody. And that was my mistake. I did say starring Jeanette Turner and Kate Wallace. I meant to say um, two of the main actresses, um, Olivia Hope. She plays Kate Wallace and Chiara Aurelia. She plays Jeanette Turner. I said they're actresses um I, I said their character names as the actresses name just giving a shout out to them because they're doing an amazing job to young to um young lady actresses i know olivia hope she's known from the disney channel but yeah let's just get into it <clears throat> so it opens up saying um you know it's normal no by now it's going to open up these events take place and unfold on july 29th 1993 94 and 1995 so it does jump between the three years and sometimes that does get confusing but the good way to how to keep track is you know 93 jeanette she wore the braces and 94 that's when she was popular jay and then 1995 that's when she was dark jeanette she had the haircut emo style everybody character turned straight dark so um this episode was a little different because normally it focuses on it's either Jeanette's story or it's either Kate's story throughout the whole episode this one kind of intertwined between both it opens up with um both girls in their room separately got them side by side in each scene they're brushing her teeth then it goes to that's 1993 when she's Jeanette with the glasses and she's brushing her teeth and combing her hair with the braces then it goes to 1994 when she's popular Jay she's in the mirror and she's taking she her braces are off by then she's popular then it goes to Kate and now you can tell Kate just got back from being kidnapped so she's kind of like depressed then it goes to 1995 where it takes that dark turn for everybody's character and um her dad comes in there like, you ran up all the hot water. And she like, so, sue me. So her whole character didn't change by 1995. And then it goes to Miss Kate. She's something different in 1995 too, honey. So yeah, that's how it opens up. This episode wasn't as strong, like I said before. Episode one and two, that one draws you all the way in. You just want more three wasn't as strong four was okay it explained more and then five it was cool you know it it explains more and it sees where we're going but one thing i'm hoping is that you know i could see a season two but i'm hoping that they at least close the chapter to who you know what size you're on because right now one minute i'd be feeling kate you know thinking she telling the truth and then i go to Jeanette, and i'd be thinking she telling the truth but this one you do get a little bit more inside after the bathroom scene it goes to the next scene where Kate you could tell it's 1995 now so she's 
she's getting ready for basically the lawsuit to happen and she's drawing Annabelle scribbling it all over some paper we haven't figured out who Annabelle is I'm thinking it's more like her alter ego or either like a split personality she had from that traumatic experience by being kidnapped by the assistant principal Martin so we don't really know who Annabelle is we don't know if it's something that you know conjured up in her when she was in that basement locked up because when she tells the story she's basically saying Annabelle and kind of referring it to her story so I'm thinking it's like a, a split personality or an alter ego from the traumatic experience she had then we jump to the next scene and Jeanette is, is 1995 still and Jeanette is talking to her attorney and her dad and her attorney is telling her like look you this is a big story you have to be more to where people can relate to you right now everybody looks at you like you're this evil person who knew that this girl was being kidnapped and held up hostage and you just didn't say nothing and you took over her life so you know her her lawyer is trying to get through to her like you have to become more likable have people relate to you and feel sorry for you so that's where it goes there then we go back to the next scene one moment we go back to 1993, and remember the three, Mallory, which I can't stand her, we get to that, Mallory, Vincent, and uh, Kate, they're still marking off their list. Remember, they made that bucket list of everything they had to do for 1993. This is when Jeanette still wore the braces and hung with the original crew. So one thing on the list was everybody got to go on their first date. So Jeanette is getting ready for her first date. Vincent already did had his. Mallory already had hers. And Jeanette really don't want to go. She got um the little guy. He's kind of socially awkward. You know, he's kind of nerdy-ish too. He's not popular and we by now by now we know um kate is obsessed with wanting to fit in with that crowd kate and all the jamie and all of them so she really don't want to go so she's preparing for the date so this is 1993 they're getting ready to go to the big carnival and we know by it's happening in july we're going towards august so we're getting towards the end of the summer so we didn't been through june so now we know we in july um where Kate hasn't been kidnapped yet, but she's getting to know Martin more. Then we jump to scene 1994. Now, this is still the same day, but it's just the year 1994. And then it pulls up, they pull up at the carnival, but it's Jamie and Kate in the car. So Kate basically asking him about that night and she telling asking him to kiss Jeanette. And he's like, I don't know who told you that, but whoever they told you is lying. And she like, dude i followed you i seen y'all kissing so instead of him just fessing up to it he did something that i didn't like you know being a guy he said he told her well you've been through all this stuff i think your mind is playing tricks on you basically trying to make her seem like she crazy so i do feel bad for kate because she's been through so much and then it's like She's seen her mom having an affair. Then she go through she confided in Martin. You can tell they you can tell they had an affair, even though he you know, it was still rape, you know, but still you can tell that she confided in him and he groomed her basically and took advantage of her. So her mind have been getting played with a lot and Jamie knows that and he kinda just telling her, like, No, you didn't see that. Your mind is playing tricks on you. Think you saw something you didn't want to see. So he trying to make it seem like she's crazy. So she jumps out the car and runs into the carnival. Then we jump back to the next scene. And we back in 1994. 
And then Jeanette then dragged her big brother Derek to the carnival because she's, she's in 1994. Kate just got back from getting kidnapped. So she's trying to find her and tell her that she never seen her. She had nothing to do with that. She didn't see her being kidnapped, held hostage. And she's still trying to basically be with Jamie. And her brother trying to tell her, like, look, you stalking them. You need to stop it. You need to chill out. He done already punched the shit out of you. Because Jamie, even when Kate had just jumped out that car, he got to hitting the, um, the steering wheel real fast. Uh, Jamie got a bad temper. You know, he got a real bad temper. The way how, I don't care how mad he was at Jeanette, the way how he punched her in episode one was ridiculous. He got a bad temper. So he trying to, she trying to let her know, like, you need to chill out. You need to be worrying about trying to clear your name and following and stalking her. That's making it look worse and trying to get with somebody who basically just knocked your ass out. So he trying to talk to her and talk some sense into her. And he feels bad for her. You know, that's his baby sister. And he got, he got more sense. He's older than them. <clears throat> so he's trying to let her know, like, hey you know the wallaces they're popular the dad the stepdad is a is a football player everybody loves him in this town they're they're like rich they're the, they're the they're the, the it town family you know that's who everybody looks up to they go to their party so ain't nobody gonna take your side over them basically even if you're right if you go against them you will lose so that's 1994 Then we jumped right back to 1990. We go back to the, you know, the dark 1995. And Kate is typing to basically her stepsister because she still thinks she's just talking to another person who was kidnapped in that chat room. She doesn't know that that's the stepsister emailing her, you know, just trying to talk to her and see what's going on with her by she closed up. So she made that fake chat like she's somebody else. And here come Mallory just climbing through her damn window. I'm, I can't stand Mallory. Mallory irritates my soul on this show. She all she's for number one. Mallory is disrespectful. Even back in 1993, she she disrespectful to both of their parents. And you can tell now how she just jumped ship from Jeanette to Kate. She's obsessed with Kate, and you can tell she's just she's just there. M Mallory needs to go sit down somewhere. I can't stand her. So then we go back to 1993 when Jeanette is preparing for her date with Hannibal. You know, the little socially awkward guy, nice kind of game guy, like play his game, got his little glasses on like Jeanette, and they're preparing for their date to go to the carnival to fair. And the mom, she's pretty geeked up that her daughter is going on a date. Her um Jeanette um Jeanette's mother Cindy Turner she really wants her to be popular like she was and, and Mallory was just disrespectful with her Mallory just does too much this character irritates my soul seriously so after that you know you can tell the daddy he's not too happy Jeanette is his baby girl so he's not too happy about her going on a date but her mom she's happy like yeah let her go she you know she's coming of age let her go. So it's still 1993. They're happy. Then it j jumps straight from 1993 to 1995. And the dad, um, what's his name? I can't think of the daddy name now. Jeanette Daddy. He in the kitchen. And you can tell now he didn't lost everything. He trying to keep it together for his daughter. Because that when it first started, remember, Jeanette is his baby girl. He loved Jeanette. She's a daddy's girl. She was the little good girl. So you can tell he's put it all on the line for her. And he's telling, she goes in there and she's like, dad, you know, do you believe me? You know, and he's like, yeah, I believe you. 
as far as I know. He's not giving up on her, but he's lost so much. So he's in a dark place itself. He didn't lost his wife. We really don't know what happened with his wife yet because it hasn't showed why the mom left. And he said he lost his job. And nobody in the town likes them because everybody basically took the Wallace's side. So he's basically telling Jeanette, like, you know, I lost everything. Then I give up everything for you. I'm probably going to lose this house by the expensive lawyers that we're paying for. So this was a good scene right here, you know, with them talking. I feel bad for Jeanette, but at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> so then we jump to the next scene. And we go back to, it, it goes to 1994 with Kate, um, I said Kate, scary y'all. It goes back to 1994 and Jeanette and her big brother Derek, they're still just walking around confiding in each other. He's still trying to talk some sense into her. She kind of delusional at the same time. So you feel sorry for Jeanette, but Jeanette kind of put herself in some weird situations just trying to fit in with that in crowd. And we didn't all been there. It do take you back to your high school days. And then it was something about in the 90s, like... If you were like an outsider, you always wanted to fit in with that in crowd. And she is just, you can tell she's obsessed with wanting to be Kate's friend and wanting to be real popular and basically wanting to be her. So then we go back to 1993 and it's still on Jeanette. She's on her little date. Um, they're on a little uh, Ferris wheel ride and she's talking and, you know, you can tell he don't have no Hannibal her little date he ain't got no friends so he just happy to be on his little first date with her and he talking to her and it, um she telling him about her friends and she was like yeah pretty dope and he's like dope what that mean he don't know the slang and I had to think I'm like we wasn't using was we using dope in? and I'm like yeah we was yeah we was the 90s I had to think about it like was they adding words that wasn't said yet but yeah dope and the word she was using was definitely said in 93. But anywho, it goes to that. So she's loosening up. And then she's like, there goes Kate. She's the most popular girl in the world. There goes Jamie. He, this, this, and this. And he like, those are your friends? And she like, yeah. You know, she kind of geekish too. You know what I'm saying? So Mallory and Vincent just watching them. I can't stand Mallory. Then we jump to the next scene after... um. You know, it goes, that's the confusing part. It goes from 93 to 94, 95. So, um, after the 1993 scene, when they're on a carnival on their little date, it jumps right over and we go straight to 1994. And you can tell this is, everything is still on the same day, just jumping year from year. So you can tell this is when Kate has just got rescued. So she's just basically being rescued and back home. And it goes to the carnival and you see the reporters harassing her and her family. And as the reporters getting in her face, asking her, is everything okay? Jamie, here he come, ready to knock the reporter out. <laughs> and, you know, she basically just, t you know, tells him like, look, you he telling her she she thought she didn't see what she knows she saw, making her think she crazy. She already going through all that traumatic stuff, and her mind is playing tricks on her. And her by um last episode, her therapist was telling her, you sometimes when you go through something traumatic, you might think you saw something that you didn't see. So her mind is already screwed up, and she know Jamie lying to her. So she just break up with him. She like, look, dude, it's over because she already feel like he loved Jeanette. She she can feel it. She didn't know Jeanette and took over her life and she feel like Jeanette and basically that's that's who he loved now and he only with her because he feels sorry for her. So she just gonna go ahead and end it and walk away. Then we jump over 
now we back in 1995 i liked it this scene because um janetta's sitting in her kitchen and she looking through the magazine with her picture on there calling her a horrible person in the inquire magazines and we all remember how them used to be all in the grocery stores um, I remember back in the early 90s, all you seen, and they had a picture of Nicole Simpson on there, and all you seen back in the early 90s in the inquiries, you either seen Michael Jackson, a picture with him looking crazy on there, or either Nicole Simpson or John Bonet Ramsey. Those, those stories was all over the place in the 90s in the um, magazine. So her um, dad's girlfriend comes in and just snatches it from her and throws away like you don't need to be looking at that and she tries to warm up to her to her letting her know like you know I got your back you know you can talk to me and I do like her and I I, I like how at first Jeanette had kind of went off on her and her, her her stepmama let her know like hey I'm on your side but you ain't finna be talking to me like that I, I liked her how she checked her like hold on little girl you know she had to kind of let her know but she letting her know hey if you need to talk to me I am on your side and she's like what do you see in my dad and she's telling him she's telling her he's a good person you know because their family has got turned upside down so I liked how she's there for Jeanette then we jump straight to 1995 and Mallory and Kate go to the carnival is 1995 so we get in a darker darker character part when they more you know is current and she goes to the dunk thing where she's thinking she's about to dump Jeanette because her and Mallory didn't heard that Jeanette will be in a dunk contest trying to collect some money so when they get there it's not Jeanette in there it's Jamie so he's surprised to see Kate so she um, throws the ball and dunks him into the water and her and Mallory storm off and Mallory go following right behind her. Hmm. Then we jump over to the next scene. And we're back at, it looks like this is 19, yeah, this is definitely 1994. Jeanette, Mr. Turner, her dad walks in a room. And this is Cindy Turner. She's still here. But it's in the middle of the day. Because this is at the time where the kids are at the carnival. And he walk in and Cindy, she's sitting there drunk. She's sitting there having her a good old drink. I'm thinking that she's turning into like an alcoholic now. Because and remember in 1994, this is when Kate just got um, returned back from being, you know, kidnapped in prison with Martin. And when she went on the news and said Jeanette Turner knew that she was being kidnapped and turned over life. So now don't nobody like their family and everybody's harassing them. And Cindy says she just got back from the store and somebody spit on her car. So she not used to this. Remember, she said she was the real popular girl in high school. And, you know, they had this nice family. Everybody just looked at them like, you know, the dad was the, the real estate agent and Remember, he said he was the best in town, and they had their good little family, the good kids, and now everybody hates them. Everywhere they go, they either get mean mugged, spit at, cussed out, whatever. So Cindy turning into an alcoholic. So now we kind of see what happened to her. We don't know exactly, but we can see she's turning into alcoholic. So he telling her, like, you drinking in the middle of the day. Look, I'm about to go down to the video store, rent us a movie, and we gonna sit and chill. So he goes to the video store where Vincent works at to rent a movie and he runs into now we see how he met his newer girlfriend um the bartender we see that they met at the video store they met instantly you know he was married but they were still flirting she like hey i'm new in town and he gives her his real estate card and tells her that he's the best real estate agent in town and he can help her find a place because she run in panicking because she hit his car so she like Who, whose white car was that out there and he said it was mine so they start flirting 
or whatever and then we jump to where it goes to 1995 and the girl the bartender girlfriend she took Jeanette and they she got her out and they going for a ride she getting her out the house because Jeanette now she don't have no friends all she basically got is Vincent and everybody else then turned on her everybody hate her in the town her her face is all over the news all over the magazines that's the worst person in the world so she don't have nobody so i was happy that the girlfriend she kind of got her out the house you know her mom not even around no more so she letting her know hey i'm here so they go for a ride so then we jump back to 1990 we back at 1995 yeah this is 95 and um they're in front of the monkey maze now this is an important thing because something happened inside of here we don't know what because it's jumping from 93 to 94 showing the monkey maze and you see the two best friends of Kate, they're sitting there and um, talking to the reporters, trying to trying to clout chase, trying to be all in the reporter's face, saying, talking about Jeanette real bad. Then it jumps quickly to 1994, and they're back in front of the maze, and Jeanette and her brother finally see Kate, and she's trying to catch up with Kate. To talk to her to let her know, hey, I didn't see you in Mr. Martin's house. And as she's trying to call her name, here come Mallory ass. Kate, come on here. We can get away from her. We can go in here and hide. And they run into this maze. And it looked really creepy. And it's with all the mirrors. And it's something with this show with the mirrors. It's something with how the basement is where she was getting captive at and um, kidnapped in. Mr. Martin house. And it's something in here. It's mirrors everywhere. And it's like a maze. So it's going to be something with the mirrors. And she's looking for Kate like a damn fool. They all running through there. Um, and Kate is having flashes of seeing Mr. Martin face. So she's still traumatized from uh, whatever he, you know, everything he had done to her. So she see him and they're basically just running through the maze, child. So then we go back to 1994 um, and she run out, Jeanette run out the maze crying because she couldn't talk to Kate. And her brother, like I told you, and they have a good heart to heart. He let her know he loved her. Whoop-de-doo. And then we just go back to 1993 when Jeanette is on her date with Hannibal and they're at the carnival. And then who do they see? Mr. Martin. He's over there at the little stand where you... You hit the ball, you know, and you win an animal. Basically, I don't know what it's called. But they at the carnival, and he's basically running that game, you know. So they, her and her date, Hannibal, go over there. And then she basically almost busted her, busted herself out because, remember, she broke in his house and stole his yearbook for where he worked at before, what city he was originally from. And she's like, you're from um, Orange County. I don't know if that's the name. But she's like, you're from Orange County. And he's like, how do you know that? And she's like, oh, um, my dad must have said something because remember, her dad sold him the house. So he kind of plays it off. He still think, you know, he looks at her like it's a little weird. And in a way, Jeanette, Jeanette just seemed 15 year old Jeanette with the glasses. It 93 Jeanette. She just seemed like she obsessed with everybody because in a way it looked like she got a kind of like a little crush on Mr. Martin in a way. Um, anywho, she sit there and her and Martin, I mean, not her and Martin, her and Hannibal start playing the game, you know, where they throw the water with the little gun to see who can go to the top first. And she's having a really good time. Now they're racing, having fun. Now she's enjoying herself. She's actually being herself, having fun with Hannibal. So then we, we jump over. And we go to 1995. And her and um, the bartender girlfriend, they're sitting up in there. And she's there having a heart-to-heart. -heart. 
and just talking about her dad and you know about her so she's trying to loosen her up letting her enjoy her element and you know starting a conversation where they get to know each other a little better so like i'm really feeling this because like i said Jeanette don't have nobody we all need somebody she don't have the whole town she don't have no friends everybody done turned against her so i do like the fact that the girlfriend is opening it up you know letting her know hey i'm here i love you know got feelings for your dad i'm gonna be here you're a good person you deserve somebody too then we go back to 1993 and we're still at the date and after they're having fun the two best friends of Kate who be the popular girls they walk over there like who is this guy you're with and she gets so embarrassed because she wants to fit in with that crowd so much and she just runs off and just leaves him there like in a real mean way like she's so embarrassed that these girls who don't never pay her no attention is is judging him you know and she's like that's just some stupid boy I never met him before and I thought that was really mean because you know you in the same boat as him and look at how you made him feel and you can tell that triggered Mr. Martin too he felt bad for the little boy he asked that he wanted him to give him a ride he said no I'll, I'll catch my bike ride home so maybe I could be overthinking I'm thinking maybe Mr. Martin probably was like a nerd back in the day too and that probably would trick um probably got treated wrong and bullied and maybe that's what made him turn into what he is now but you can tell he ain't like Mr. Martin didn't like that so he's over there and he watched Jeanette run off and then we go um back to night it jumped from 93 to 95 we're still at the carnival in 1995 and Kate runs into Jamie. He drunk. He said he made a bet about some beers. He's drinking all them beers, honey. Buzzed up tipsy. And he um, confides in her. He just lets her know, like, look, let me be real with you. Last year, you did see me kissing Jeanette. I just thought it would have hurt if I told you the truth. So I was wrong for playing mind games with you. You did see what you said. You weren't crazy. And she didn't, she don't get mad. She basically thanks him for the validation because her mind is playing tricks on her in a way. So she like, thank you for saying I'm not crazy. Thank you for telling me I seen what I thought I seen. She kisses him on the cheeks and walk away with her new stalker, Mallory. So now we're back at 1993. So we're back in 93 at the carnival, but instead of Jeanette, now we're showing Kate. She sees Mr. Martin at this, um, this little stand where he got, where he running the game show at. She goes over there and she starts playing the game, but she's playing by herself. She, of course, she's the winner. He gives her a little pink teddy bear and they flirt with each other. And he basically saying he noticed her before he found her drunk on the bat on that uh, curb that night. And that she, she looked like an adult and mature. So you can tell he grooming her and she's flirting back with him too. So you can tell she wasn't telling the truth when she said that she never met him and they never had a conversation. They had grew a little bond. They grew a bond the night that he found her. They started talking and they started talking more on their little shooting trip last seat, last episode. And then now they're confiding more in each other and he's flirting with her, telling her how mature she is. So basically grooming her, you know, and then we jump back to 1995 and it goes back to the bar where, um, <clears throat> Jeanette is hanging with her step well 
her dad's girlfriend and they're at the bar they're singing them they having them a good old funky time she and loosened up because now she finally feel comfortable they singing but the song she's singing somehow it triggers her and then she just kind of snaps and ha start having a panic attack then we go back to 1993 and we're back at the carnival and as um, now Jeanette is back with Mallory and Vincent and Mr. Turner sees her and calls her over there. So Mallory and I'm like, well, he won't. So when he go over there, he basically telling her like, hey, what you did, it, it wasn't nice. You don't treat people like that. That was mean how you treated him. So she she listening to him and she like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And she notices that he has a hair scrunchie in his hand. And it's, it's Kate's he, from that she left there um when she was playing the game, he was going to, it seemed like he wanted to give it back, but then he ended up like holding on to it. You can tell he already obsessed with Kate. So he holding on to that scrunchie. And then as soon as Jeanette find out it's Kate's, oh, I'll give it to her. She excited to give it to Kate, honey. She want to be Kate friend bad. And they both, they both basically want to keep the scrunchie for their own purposes. Everybody obsessed with Kate. So he ends up giving it to Jeanette because she tells him, I'll see her before the summer. I'll see her before we go back to school. I'll give it to her. So he, he reluctantly hands the, the hair scrunchie over to Jeanette. And now basically we're at the end of the episode where um, Kate and Mallory, they end up going to Mr. Martin Graves' site because she's telling Mallory she has to do this. She goes there with this shovel and that teddy bear she won in 1993. So she digs up some dirt and tries to bury the teddy bear. And then I guess with all her power, she breaks the tombstone, which is a little unrealistic, but okay, it's television. That was a little too much but yeah she breaks the tombstone in half which with that little shovel i don't see how she did that but okay we're gonna go along with it it's tv and she spits on it with all her power so then that's at martin harris grave so then it goes back to 1993 now when the show opened up the girls both they had a split screen each one of the girls were in a mirror brushing their teeth so when it goes to the the last scene, Jeanette is at home in her mirror, admiring Kate's scrunchie, practicing how she will give it back to her, like, hey, I found your scrunchie. So she's basically practicing how she's going to approach Kate. Kate is in her mirror, basically thinking about Martin, flirting with him in her mirror, basically pretending she's talking to him. So that was this episode. It was a good episode. Um, and then it, you know, it gives you a little signature thing saying if you, you know, know of any abuse, call this hotline for, you know, kids who's been abused. So it was a, it was a really good episode. It's definitely something with the mirrors and where they're going with this. You don't know who to side for. I think it's going to be based on who perspective you look at it as, um, I don't think Kate is all the way innocent, but of course she's a, she's still a kid. She was taken advantage of. She was kidnapped. Uh, Mr. Harris is a, a creep, but Jeanette, they're making her look like the bad girl, but I don't think she's going to be as bad as what we were thinking she was at first. I think it's, the truth is going to lie somewhere in the middle, but it's going to be something with the mirrors. They keep showing the split mirror, the split mirrors. I don't know if Kate seen um, Jeanette and Jeanette didn't see her. Maybe it was a one-sided mirror. 
because remember Jeanette do have the key and she keep breaking into Mr. Martin house so we would definitely see I'm just hoping that they don't drag it out that we do get some type of closure in the last episode of this season it is a really good show I'm digging it um also another big sh another show I'm watching right now is Big Sky I'm really digging that show I might do a recap later or later on in the week, I'm not going to get off into that tonight. But that's a really good show. Um, I got drew into it because Ryan Felipe was starring in it. And that's what made me watch it. It comes on Tuesday nights on ABC. It's a good show. Um, if you, if you want to start watching it, you can catch all of them up on Hulu. But, yeah. Basically, Ryan Felipe drew me. It's basically about um trafficking uh sex trafficking um that's how kind of how it starts off and with two investigators so it's a good show i might recap it i don't know because i want to start getting off into the narcos and the snowfalls that's my main goal i just have a lot going on with the book and the relocating and everything so we're definitely going to start topping off on those i definitely want to start getting into true crime but on nights that i do cruise summer reviews i might start doing big sky just don't want to promise it because it's a lot going on right now um really busy so i don't want to promise that but we'll probably tap into that next week by they come on on the same night and i both catch them on wednesdays as well so now i want to kind of talk about a trending topic that's been all over in the youtube world and on instagram social media etc it's a sad day in the commentary world because it officially looked like the the JPP, the Joe Budden podcast, is kind of over as far as with the original crew, which is kind of sad because I was like, I was really rooting for them. Um, I'm a big Joe Button the podcast um, fan. I love listening to their episodes. I have quit listening to each and every one of them back when they were on Spotify because I keep my phone on Spotify. I'm always on my music playlist and, and that's where I like listening to my podcast at. But I used to listen to every episode. I kind of have slipped since they left and you kind of got to go to um, the other platforms. And with Spotify, it was always so used to go to go into each little section, how they had it split up or whatever. And I enjoy listening to it. And one thing about me is I always root for the underdogs. I'm always rooting for the ones who had to struggle to get in the game. And Joe, Joe Rye in the industry, he always been shitted on. You know what I'm saying? He, he overcame his drug problem. Um, he seemed like he was, he re, revamped himself because everybody just looked at him like love and hip hop washed up, always abusing women and all this other stuff. He just had so much bad stigma to his name. So when um, I started watching him actually faithfully in the, in the, in the commentary world, because my number one guy used to be Charlemagne. Charlemagne used to be my day one. I literally have watched every Breakfast Club interview, everything Breakfast Club, everything Brilliant Idiot since I'm going to say maybe 2012 around that time. But yeah, I've all I've been big into the Breakfast Club. Like I said, the YouTube streets, I have my favorite YouTubers, but Charlamagne has always been my favorite media guy. But that's a different story. I don't really like Charlamagne like I used to. I still respect him, respect his hustle, but he ain't the same guy. 
And, um, but anywho, I started really fucking with Joe Button. Um, actually, when I seen him going off on Lil Yachty, I'm like, what the heck is Joe Button? That episode was so funny on Everyday Struggle. So I started tuning in to Everyday Struggle because I didn't know about DJ academics and etc. So then when he got kicked off or when he quit Complex, that's when I started actually watching the Joe Button podcast. So I'm not a day one Joe Button podcast listener. I didn't start listening to after he left everyday struggle when I, I started watching him when I see him go off on Lil Yachty and then you know once you see something go viral then you start tuning in so I started tuning in every day then when he lost his job at complex I started paying attention to the to the JBP anywho when all this stuff happened with Spotify I didn't like how everybody was shitting on Joe I'm, I always root for the underdogs I always like the people who don't nobody else like for some reason but I fucks with Joe I was really rooting for him and seeing cause it seemed like when he got with her and had his, his new baby they just kinda they kinda lifted each other up he was doing his thing so I was rooting for him and I was getting tired of, you know get tired I get tired of everybody shitting on Joe so I was really hoping that this would work and then I'm sad to see that business has kind of messed up everything with how close they seem like they were but now joe saying that him and rory wasn't that close who knows but i know money does change people he did get a little ego but i'm still rooting for him and i already know they about to be killing him talking about he bad on business and everything nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes you know friendship and business don't always mix it should especially with a podcast you would think you know that's the easiest job in the world. You just coming in, you shooting your shit, kicking it with your boys. You know, so you would think that it would be the easiest job in the world. But sometimes ego goes, goes in there and you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And it, the podcast, maybe that's why I did quit start missing some episodes. Because it seems like they were getting a little too industry. And us everyday people, that's what YouTube was about back in the day. You would come to YouTube for everyday people thoughts. Didn't nobody want to just hear the media train answers. Or you only saying this because you don't want to offend people. People want the, the real. You want to keep it real so that's why you fuck with joe you know saying joe and them kept it real but it did start seeming like they started getting too industry especially when he got on revolt and he started giving his opinions you know you couldn't say nothing about diddy and that's when i kind of quit fucking with charlamagne when he started getting too industry which i do know you do have to grow but you still want your favorite media personalities. You know, you, you want them to grow, but you still want them to keep it real. And then when I see, you know, saying you ain't keeping it real, it's just like, you know, ain't no point of listening. I'm listening to the same stuff they push on everyday TV, trying to make you think a one way mind. And sometimes you just want to be real. And now a lot of celebrity world are taking over the, the media industry. So, like, I'm very familiar with all the commentary world. I listen to it all. I mainly watch a lot of the guys' podcasts. I don't know why I like the barbershop talk more. I like the guy talk more. I get off into that. Um, so, you know, I won't, I'm not going to dog Joe out talking about his bad business. I personally like Maul. I like Rory. But they are a little industry and they kind of don't know they kind of don't keep it real like they used to because you know now the people who they're discussing are their friends but i am wishing the best for all of them i'm hoping joe button podcast network continue to grow i'm hoping that they can work it out but at this point with everything said when everything go public you get so many people in your ear and you get all the other people's opinions but me personally I'm rooting for the Joe Button podcast. I'm rooting for the network. I'm rooting for Ma. I fucks with Ma. 
So I do like Ison-ish because they do bring more of like just rawness. They keep it real on topics. They don't bite their tongue. They not industry. They tell you of something whack. They don't be like sugarcoating it. But that was just my two cents as a fan who's tuned in all these years. It was kind of hard to see. It kind of felt bad. You know, you want to see you. I was rooting for them as a crew to show them like, hey, we here. We got the number one podcast in the game. So I was rooting for them. I don't think it's too late. I think they, you know, people might unsubscribe, dislike a whole bunch of stuff. But I think that in the end, it will be okay. I'm hoping Joe don't mess this up. Like I said, I'm still rooting for him. I'm rooting for Ma. And I hate that, you know, they've been friends and lived with each other and all that. And now basically business and gotten away. But I felt Joe, it is his, it's his podcast. It's his business. So, you know, he do call the shots, you know, and people do go to see Joe. You know, we like to see Joe rant as much as they call him a narcissist and say he this, this. That's what we go to see. We go to see Joe, but uh, Rory and Ma were definitely needed. You need people who he can talk to. You know, we can't just see him rant and rave to himself. So they were definitely needed, but it is the Joe Button podcast. That is what we go there for. But however, I'm still rooting for Ma, rooting for Rory. I grew to like Rory. At first, I thought, you know, I wasn't really feeling Rory, but I, I grew to like Rory. But I'm rooting for Joe Button. I don't want him to fail i always root for the underdogs joe he didn't revamp himself he didn't turn himself into a millionaire you know he revamped his whole career i loved it how he kept it real with eminem and you know he used to just really keep it real so i'm hoping that it works out that was just my little two cent which who cares you know it's just my opinion i'm not finna dog joe out i see everybody else is but i'm I'm not finna dog that brother out i hope he get it together and i'm shooting for i'm you know i'm shooting for rory and maul as well so that's just my two cents i was happy to join y'all tonight once again you can follow my playlist on spotify i definitely have music taste um you can follow if you love love hip-hop you can follow alicia shanice love 90s hip-hop alicia alicia shanice loves music Alicia Shanice Love the Blues. Alicia Shanice Love 90s R&B. So you can follow my playlist on Spotify. Or you can follow me on social media if you got any input on the podcast. I know I'm brand new. A lot of improvement to do. But I try to give myself raw so my audience know me. Um, I just come as myself. That's all I can be. So you can DM me. Just want to say what's up. It's Alicia Shanice um on on instagram you can hit me up on facebook i don't really accept too many people on facebook because i'm barely on there but if you send me uh inbox you're saying hey i know you from your podcast i'll accept you so thanks for tuning in i will do another show saturday um we will shortly start doing the narcos and snowfall as promised we're gonna start off with narcos first it's just a lot going on with me trying to get the book out and relocating in just a busy time but i'm about to keep this hustle up i'm not giving up i always wanted to be in the commentary world so i'm not giving up i just try to you know come on at least twice a week now um, I'll start getting more consistent and more on page soon. Just trying to get all my relocation stuff out the way. It's a lot I'm trying to get this book going. I'm really excited about that. That's my passion project. 
So again, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back on Saturday and then I'll be back on next week to review Cruise Summer. I might try to do Big Sky as well. So if I do, just tune in. You can catch all the episodes on Hulu. All the episodes are on there for Big Sky and Cruise Summer. Dope content. Um, I needed some new TV to watch because I quit watching TV for a long time. And when the pandemic hit, that's when I started getting back into TV shows. So, yeah, we're going to get into true crime and documentaries and narcos as promised on this platform, like I said from the beginning. But I just try to try to keep it real. It's a lot going on. And when we get into narcos, I want to dig deep in that. We're going to talk about the real story. So, I say that every week, but I'm just letting you know that's definitely coming. Just give me some time. Thanks for tuning in. It's your girl, Shanice, and I'll holla at you the weekend. Stay safe and be safe out there. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one.